You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. A rock star's guide surviving the Malaysian music industry. All right, welcome to yet another episode of The Rockstar's Guide 2 Surviving the Malaysian Music Industry with me Darren your boy and I am also you know the lead singer of the band An Honest Mistake and this podcast is Best really band in the world. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is really not for me but it's for everybody you know it's a form of education and I feel that a lot of the things that I've learned over the years speaking to the pros um you know all this knowledge that I've gained I want to share it with you guys and on this episode this week we have a very very special guest he is super cool he um was part of a very big events company and now he is running his own he doesn't just do events he does all kinds of other things too conferences uh, he has clients that he works with for social media content and all that kind of stuff and he manages a couple of artists as well so Let's bring him on right now. This is Adam Matthews. Yeah. Hey, Darren. How is it going? How's it yeah, going? Man. How's it going? All is good, man. Safe? All is good. Sorry. Are you keeping safe? Are you yeah, keeping man. Safe? I am. I am. I yeah. hope you are too. Well, you, yeah. Seems like you've been very, very busy over the uh, this current MCO 2.0. Uh, yeah, man. You like, uh, like constantly hustling on content. Like all respect <laughs> to that dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think this is the yeah. age of content, you know, and um I think in the past year we've been talking about how content is king, you know, because everybody's stuck at home, everybody's, you know, trying to consume some form of content whether it's a video or music or you know, like TikTok or whatever, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always believed that content is king even before social media, you know, content has always True. been king. Uh, but I think what's happened right now is basically now there's a lot of kings lah, you know, there's <laughs> like the, you know, all the different social medias and then like people, you know, some people, it's, it's weird, you know, like I, I've, I've noticed a lot of, um, even people that we know very well, they, I mean, they're thriving in digital, but they've also gone analog. So I've seen a lot of yeah. people start writing again, you know, starting yeah. writing, like literally writing again. And like, you're, you're making music, you know, all the time. A lot of people have gone back to like the analog side of things, which is really, really nice to see as well. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, let's so, let's get right into mm, it, you know. I think uh, sure. the listeners um may not be as familiar with you because you have always been behind the scenes doing big 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 things. So let maybe you can just, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about what you've done before and what you're currently doing, and- you know. Like, Yeah. Okay, cool. So, ready for a little bit of a Bollywood long story, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Three hours um, this one. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, this is my 23rd year in this industry. Um, so I started off as a teenager back in the UK. I, I'm, I'm Malaysian, but I went to the UK to, uh, to study. Um, and like every teenager that goes away, you go wild for a little bit, right? You go to, uh, or like anything really, the minute you go into college, you go a little bit wilder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I discovered, I discovered and I fell in love with clubs. Um, And I was living in the city called Sheffield uh, that had this major super club called Gay Crusher. And the year that I had arrived was basically the second year of Gay Crusher um, becoming, you know, becoming quite a big thing. It's one of the five uh, super clubs in, in, in the UK at that point, which had Ministry of Sound, Cream, God's Kitchen. So Gay Crusher was one of them. 
So um, I started working for the company as a student promoter. You know, I was running my own nights for them. Then I basically worked my way up all the way through studying as well. Worked my way up through the ranks. Uh, I became a tour manager, a world tour manager for, for the brand. I also managed a few of their clubs from a marketing perspective. I was also their booker for some of their clubs. So that was my baptism by fire for about eight years. Then I came back to KL in 2007. Um, I swore blind that I was never going to work for a club, but then my friends <laughs> took me out one night. <laughs> my friends <laughs> took me out one night and I got the itch. I mean, it was only three weeks and I was home. But two weeks, I was sitting at home doing nothing. I was bored. And then all of a sudden, my friends were like, hey, let's go out. Lah. So we went out. Lah. You know, we went to Asian Heritage Row. We went down to Bangsa, Monkiara, and then I ended up in Zoopla. And then I was like, wow, we have one of these here. Right. Okay, so I sent... I sent uh, I sent uh, my CV to to the owners in Singapore and KL, and I got a call almost straight away. I got a job literally straight away. So I was the mm. head of marketing for about uh, four and a half years, um, yep. and then um, I left for um, some family reasons. Uh, and uh, the 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 great thing was basically um, that that allowed me to um, that allowed me to to go into the other side because I'd always been working for someone. So yeah. when I uh, when I when I left uh, Zook um, and I was able to explore the things, so I I I've, I met two great guys, uh, Iqbal Amir and Rahul Kukreja, and um, it was the, the it was, that was the birth of Lifescape, yeah. Yeah. So um, so Lifescape was um, uh, one hell of a ride for me. Um, the, the the we we did uh, festivals, you know, you may have heard of one two, uh, Rockaway, which I think an honest mistake played for once. Did, yeah, did we, did. we did. We did. We yeah, did the like, the boys like girls one. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah, and um and obviously we also did um a big New Year's Eve show. We did Future Music Festival, which was the very very big thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm like deeply proud of all that. Um, after about, I guess almost five years. Um, after the first uh after after the the, the big cancellation and all that, I I I guess I guess I wanted to, um. I wanted to reassess my my goals, um, mm. and and you know we uh, I, I left and I took a little bit of time off. Uh, I worked for a couple of festivals. I did the Georgetown Festival for Josie Day, um, um, and I did a couple of bookings for um, festivals in Singapore and and managing their their um, their artists uh, artist liaison. And then um, I met my current partner Carla uh, out of the blue through a friend. Um, and we hit it off straight away. Like you know, like I felt that. Um, her energy was the right kind of energy that I wanted to go into something. And that's how Plural Asia was born, you know, and that was, uh, so we're in our fifth year now. Um, yep. think, uh, things are great. You know, I can't complain. We've done some really, really cool shows. Thank you for highlighting that earlier. And um, we've got some great clients. So we don't just do shows. I mean, like, again, you know, like I, I think, the one thing that this this whole period has taught us is basically don't stick to one hustle, uh, have multiple yep, hustles, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, beyond it, like when we were doing when when we were when events were still uh, club shows were still happen, we were uh, running club nights for ourselves and for clients. Uh, we were booking artists. We were doing artist liaison. We were doing creative marketing for all these events and everything else. It was like really cool stuff. But obviously, um, and we also had some uh, F&B clients. So when this whole pandemic hit us um, early last year. Uh, we were quite fortunate to be able to pivot to like a full F&B um, client base. Um, mm. 
because in the thing is like FMB was only like it went down for about three months, but like then it started coming back, and we were lucky to to retain some really good clients and you know find some new clients as well. So yeah, you know that's 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 thing. And then in between, and thank you for also mentioning uh, the conference. So I've been moderating this conference called Wyatt Music Week uh, since its start two years ago. Um, I had a conversation with the uh, founder John Bear. Um, What's up, John? And um, we we decided to basically um, partner to do Wyatt Music and take it to a whole new level. So Wyatt Music, uh, the third edition, would have been in March, March 14th to 17th. And as you all know, what happened on March the... Sorry, it's yeah. March 11th to 13th. And then you all know what happened on March the 17th this year. Yeah. So uh, we had to cancel, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's still no end in sight, but like the music conferences... Um, specifically um, or like more targeted towards the electronic music side of things. So DJs and record producers and, and electronic music uh, media. Um, And that has, that, that was going well, but again, fortunately we've uh, you know, we've, we've come, we've had good, good ideas, good partners and everything else. We pivoted the music, music conference into a virtual conference and yeah. we've already done three editions in 2020. I think all three, you you were there as well, right? Yeah. Um, or at least two of them, I remember. Um, and, you know, like pivoting to, to a virtual thing is different uh, because we're not booking DJs. This time we're booking speakers. But uh, yeah. booking speakers and booking DJs was is, is kind of the same thing, you know? Like there's still a lot of paperwork to be done. There's still a lot of pre-agreements to be done. There's like, you know, a, a, a lot of pre-work to be done. So it's not just like, hey, bro, you want to talk about my conference? Ah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not that, you know? It's more like uh, we have to curate. So curating a night, curating a festival yeah. is like curating a a, a a conference you know it's just yeah. different and instead of people playing music people are speaking but yeah. it's been good like you know like we've had we've had some amazing amazing speakers on, on on there you know so i can't complain yeah so yeah that's a fast forward to what what are we january 2021 right now you know yeah. uh, that was like a i don't know what 10 minutes of my life in yeah, <laughs> But yeah, man, I think years it's of my life in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a perfect Sorry introduction, you know, to really give uh, this whole conversation a con like the context, you know, and like the, the kind of like the background mm. and premise. So, you know, everybody knows who, like where this is coming from, you know, because yeah. this episode specifically, the title is, you know, how do I get into festivals? Who do I speak to? Is there a way for me to submit my music? Um, you know, is that like, do you need like a cable? You know, Malaysians, we like, la, you know, oh, give Aqua the cable, bro, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So I think we want to be able to paint a full picture as, as complete as possible so that, you know, artists would begin to understand like the, the things that they need to prepare, you know, the steps, you know, that they have to take and the questions that they need to ask themselves before they start thinking about a festival. You know, very important. Yeah, very important. Yes. So, yeah. I guess you know the the first thing is the beginning of it all. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. we we've written a couple of questions. So, I think the first one is the who, what, why, when, and how. You know. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, how? Well, I, I guess the first one is like how how do I get booked? You know, like yeah. now I'm an artist. You know, I've I think I I've I deserve, okay? The word here is I deserve. I think I deserve yeah. a spot 
in a festival because you know I have a decent amount of following. Um, you know I've got decent like plays on and and streams. You know I've got decent radio airplay, decent TV appearances. You know I think overall I'm pretty okay. So what is the next step? So how do I know? How do I get booked, lah? Yeah, let's let's start with yeah. that. The, the the main thing is basically it's it's experience. Yeah. Uh, so knowing when you're ready is basically a deeply personal experience, right? Yeah. I'm not going to put a time on it. Oh, you should be le- You should be playing uh, regularly for three years before you. There's no such thing. I think you got to take a very, very, very big step back and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the why is very, very important. You know why? If you're doing this just because you want to be famous, if you're doing this because, you know, it can get chicks, can get, you know, go to this place, I can travel and all that. I think you sooner or later, all these things, all this, um, how you say, it's it's almost like a, um, it's almost falsehood, right? It will come yeah. through somehow, you know, because you're yeah. not, you don't have, um, uh, you don't have this, there's a Malay word that I really love, you know, ikhlas, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't have a pure spirit when, yeah. when you're doing, you don't, you, with no honesty, you know? So I've got to basically take all this into account, right? And yeah. then, and then obviously I also got to, because music festivals, in jet, in like basically you have investors. There's no way that I don't think any, any promoter out there has the money to just throw down their own money and, and, you know, hope for the best. You yeah. Know? There yeah. are a lot of investors. So basically as a promoter or and as a booker, we are answerable to the, the investors. You know, the point I'm trying to make here is basically that if you do go to a booker or promoter, if you do like approach a booker and promoter, you must know, their struggles, right? Yeah. You can't just say, why don't you book me? That's like the worst yeah. question you can ever ask. Correct. Instead, you try to understand what their event is about first, right? Mm. Then you try to sell yourself in the sense that, okay, I am suitable for your event because of this and this and this, right? Yeah. And you, it's, it's all about being respectful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one of that's one of the reasons why, like for me as, as a band, like we've not, play good vibes, you know, because it's just mm. our sound doesn't fit the entire festival, you know, and yeah. am, am I going to get pissed off? No, you know, mm. because like I've come to yeah. a point where now I am seeing it from a different perspective. I'm not just coming as like, oh, I'm an artist. Lah. I, why why mm. don't you book me? Now I'm seeing like, yeah. okay, as an artist, am I suitable and how can I contribute to the success of this event? Because now yes. they... The, the festival, as, as great as it may be on the artist's uh, profile, it is mm-hmm. actually the artist providing a service to the bookers, which is, you know, the, yeah. the festival promoter. You know, so how yeah, are you adding absolutely. value to yeah. the festival? You know, it's not that the festival needs you, you know. You know, it's more like, exactly. how can you contribute to make the festival even greater? Uh, so I think yeah. with that kind of mindset to begin with, that is when mm. I guess the artist can say that, okay, now I'm ready. It's a, it's a very good point. I mean, like, look, just that point that you made is like, it, it shows that basically you have transcended to that, to the, um, to the understanding, you know, yeah. that's, that's basically what is missing with a lot of artists. No, I'm not even just saying in Malaysia, I'm just talking in general. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really missing. Like basically that they don't understand that, you know, like, you may not be uh, suitable for this, but how can you uh, 
you how can you enhance you know yes um, correct you know it also comes back down to even your uh, your your press photo like you know your your yep. so basically you know a promoter will need various photos from you right yeah uh some I, you have no idea especially for DJs whenever i get their press photos it's always of them DJing you know and do you, like okay yeah i understand you're a DJ right yeah but if you don't give me a press photo i cannot crop your damn picture to put into yeah. artwork you know exactly right because it's it's just a nightmare and so i yep. think you know these kind of fundamental things having a press kit is very important and also one thing i want to say about a press kit is this um darren um don't give twitter panjang lebar uh, yeah. kind of press kit right yeah right? it's all about the one pager page. now you know like yeah the one sheet it's all about yes, the one, exactly. one sheet yep yeah look a one sheet is the best thing you can do if you're pitching for a show right yeah. absolutely the most important thing but if you if you are creating you know if you are creating a persona and you have to tell a longer story then please do a small press kit which is maximum 3 to 4 pages long and yeah. one page of that is just links right links yeah. to your shows links to your music links to your press kit for download to your press photos yeah. one page is just links and contact right yeah. so you got three pages to tell a story even up to three pages if you can do it in three pages even better right yeah. so that means two pages of story and you know and and for the love of god please don't write down every single gig you've ever played since 1999 you know yeah. 2000 now i remember 2008. i remember my first like early press kit was that you know i listed all yeah, yeah, the yeah. shows that we yeah. played you know yeah. because in the end of the day right we don't have time we understand yeah. that if you've played i mean like you can literally say we have played or like i have played you know 50 50 shows in the last 3 years mm. that's really good art, you know for yeah. for a dj that's very very good yeah. right yeah a lot of artists struggle with writing about themselves you know i yeah. either they yeah. they are they are trying to be too descriptive or you mm. know like they they just don't know where to start so yes you are right getting somebody to help them would be easier yeah. yeah yeah and you know and if you can't do write a bio just give it point forms you know Started yep. DJing here, you know. Uh, learned from this school, played at these places. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe I won a DJ mix competition. Well, mm. just point forms is do, will do because honestly, uh, a promoter or a booker like me, I will look through it. Yet respectfully, I will try to read it, right? Yeah, because I will try to pick up some nuances about character and all that. Yeah, but more than often than not, I will go to the links. Because exactly, I, want to see, I was going to come to that as well. Like links, yeah, yeah, yeah. Links to basically things and like uh, your and you know I'm not joking. Ah, uh, I've, <laughs> I've 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 literally heard fake mixes. You know, mm. someone actually took someone else's mix and basically say, "Oh, that's my mix and that's my demo mix." You know, I've literally seen this a couple of times and I'm like, "Yo, come on, lah!" You know, don't. Yeah, we we've been in. You know, we we can tell. You know, I think with links. Yeah. It's very important to have, like I guess, for bands, it can be your Spotify, your YouTube, you know, um, your Facebook, Instagram. These are the links, okay. And mostly yeah. for DJs, it'll be SoundCloud links or your MixCloud yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. So all these yeah. things are super super important. And when yeah. like talking about YouTube videos, you know, uh, especially for bands, mm-hmm. it can be a music video or a studio performance video or a live video. You know, I mm, and I think yeah. it it probably goes the same for DJ as well. You know, so you want to be able to see how 
you know, the DJ actually performs. You know, it's not so much just the mixing, the act of it, you know, but yeah. it's also how you command the crowd, how you read the crowd, you know. So snippets yeah. of all these things that are properly produced. I mean, or or I mean, if, yeah. if you have the liberty of doing it, you know, get a videographer friend, you know, come and video you while you're performing and stuff like that, you yeah. know. Yeah. But if you don't have then maybe you can use your phone, you know, just make sure that the quality is good, you know. So because Absolutely. all these things will contribute to the decision-making of a festival, uh, you know, yeah. owner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, that that first part is very important, you know, and you don't have, again, it's, it's not about language. Huh? Honestly, it's not language. If whatever you feel is your natural way of speaking, you just write. Don't worry like, oh, yeah. I don't know how to write email. Right, yeah. literally, talent is languageless. Yeah, yeah. Right, if you have talent, it doesn't matter whether you are a naturally born Mandarin speaker, Malay speaker. You know, but if you can basically send me something in 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 the most polite way, you know, and if you can't read, just Google Translate it. It's okay. There's no there's no there's no shame in that. You know. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's number one. And number two is basically be be. Be polite and be respectful and just say like, you know, I would like to be considered for your show or like, exactly. like for you to keep me in, in record for like your future shows, you know, mm. and uh, most people will reply, right? Yeah. But I, I think yeah. one more, like the next question would be when, when do you send, like, when do you approach them? As in like, you know, is yeah. there like, like I know people say that, okay, never send media people emails on Mondays, you know, because Mondays yeah. is when they have yeah. their meetings and all these kinds of stuff. So, yep. you know, the best time to do it is Tuesday, Wednesday, mm. or maybe a Thursday. And don't send all them right. on Friday also because Friday, they are, they are head ready off. <laughs> they want to go right. for the weekend yeah. already. Yeah. So is yeah. there a right time or not? The, I mean, like, look, this, there's, a, there, there's no right or wrong time because, you know, as in general, people mm. like us, we work 24-7. Like there's no like, we, we don't have an office time. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't have a nine to five, you know? There's, uh, so you can generally send, but be respectful. Don't send something at 2 a.m. in the morning. Lah, oh you know? yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, so I, I think, think like the, the general rule here is to maybe go by nine to, nine to five or 10 to six. Lah. That, I, I reckon that would be yeah. the safest. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm, very cool, mm. very cool. I think the last question, I guess, you know, would be, mm -hmm. I guess, where, I mean, okay, so, I mean, there, there was a question, you know, like, why why do I want to play this show so bad? I think that one mm. is, you know, earlier on, you've mentioned already, it's because yeah. of the credibility of the festival, it's good for the artist profile, it's good exposure yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes yeah. there are festivals where they offer you, a, let's say, an opening spot, you know, maybe at 2 p.m., mm -hmm. you know, the first slot, yeah. hot in the sun, un hot under the sun, and they go like, okay, I'm offering you this spot to play. Uh, I'm not paying uh -huh. you, but you get to play yeah. at the festival. Lah. Yeah, so as an artist or, you know, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, from a festival point of view, you know, like, are those types of deals uh, worth it for the artist, you know. And then the second question is, um, where do they draw the line and how do they charge? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to basically understand your worth and you have to value yourself. It's yeah. so important for you to understand your own value, right? And yeah. don't ever sell yourself short because, mm. you know, um, 
sometimes it like you know I sometimes you go there and then, wow I rocked it ah uh, like, then then at the end when you get paid oh I only got two hundred ringgit ah yeah so, mm. so sad you know mm. you want to walk away from that and just say I rocked it I got paid I deserved it yes. Yeah. That's the first most important thing because then yeah. that's going to keep your ambition and your fire burning, right? Mm. Yep. So knowing your worth is very important and knowing where to draw the line. So I guess you will have to understand what's your range as well. Let's just say your range, I mean, for DJ set, let's just say your range is like from 300 ringgit to 600 ringgit, let's just say for a two-hour set, okay? Yeah. Uh, some people charge more, some people, I mean, so, so for 300 to 600, you know that's your range. So you know you're never going to go down that, but you must try to come in at the middle part first, you know? Um, but if let's just say you know this is a very big event, it's a sponsored event. There's, you know, there's money to be made, and like you can basically justify that basically they're booking you because you also bring a lot to the table. Yeah. Then you can obviously push up your your fee a little bit, lah. Yeah. Mm. So mm. it's knowing about the market. Yeah. And then comes to the ever ever lasting question of basically free gigs and yes. do it for your profile. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you heard that, Darren? <laughs> How many times are you? Too many times, <laughs> man. Too many profile. times. Very good for your profile. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. They they yeah. pay us with exposure dollars. <laughs> oh wow! Can, how many nasi lemak can you buy with exposure dollars? <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar strings can buy, right? <laughs> can you go to Ben? Can you go to Ben Fee and go? I will give you seventy exposure dollars. <laughs> so you know, okay, in the in the event world and even in the FMB world we call these loss leaders you know there are mm. certain things that you do at a loss but yeah. it leads you towards something so yeah you do have certain instances where basically loss leaders are uh, relevant yeah mm. <clears throat> but it is a personal decision yeah and I have to stress this very very clearly it's a personal decision that personal, means yeah. you must be at peace with the decision that you made to play yeah. this event for exposure dollars Yeah. You cannot you cannot take it grumbling because trust mm. me it's going to be worse than ever. If you are happy like hey no worries I'm going to do this for exposure dollars. You know, I'm going to do this because I truly believe in you Mr. Promoter mm. and I li- believe in you Miss Organizer. I believe in you guys, right? That I I think that you know this is an energy that I want to be part of then please go and do it but do it with a purity of heart. Don't go And get booked and just say, and then basically on at the gig itself, you know, I didn't get any pay anything. You're telling everybody around, you don't know, get paid anything, but I still rocked it. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did this for free. Look, that's not that's not pure. That's not honesty. You know, it comes back to the why, right? Then, yeah, there, right. It comes that's back true. to the why, why you're doing it. So, if you're going to do something, do it, do it with a clear conscience and a clear heart. That's the most important thing, whether or not. Something sometimes these exposure dollars doesn't even come true. More often than not, these exposure dollars doesn't come true, right? You know, yeah. it doesn't lead to exposure. It's just kononya lah, yeah. So don't 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 kick your, don't kick yourself. But if you're if you're going to do it, make sure that you can barter with something. That's very important, right? Yeah. So basically, they say exposure. Okay, then push the exposure as much as possible. How many social media posts are you going to do for me? How much? PR are you going to do for me? Are you going to give yep. me an interview? Are you going to, you know, uh, promote my new single? You know, mm. are you going to do post-event release and mention me in your post-event release? Mm. You know, there has to be all these things because if they say, oh, do it for exposure, make sure that the exposure that they're going to give you is written down within an agreement, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the other part. 
most of the time and I know a lot this hey, it's very good for your exposure but elect tadde tadde exposure yeah. because why they forgot yeah. right they forgot they you know I seen post even releases where people pay for free and their name is not even on it I'm like yeah. what's the point yeah right true so yeah so that's that's the thing like you know but to be honest mate I'm just going to say I'm going to put it out there don't accept free gigs lah right yeah because you know on behalf of your other artists and your other DJs and your other band people and music industry people you're devaluing what everybody else does mm. yeah you're it right. is not good to take free shows because that takes away someone's paid gig somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. it is it's just is that and, and it's a dangerous route to go route to go down you know because mm. we this especially right now is also about, it's all about survival you know if you have if you if you're prepared to if you're prepared to do it for free okay fine but like what what message does it send out to the rest yeah. of your colleagues otherwise your counterparts right yeah. so i would yeah. rather you don't take the free shows you know mm. i would rather and you know i'm shooting myself as a promoter i'm shooting myself in the foot Well, I don't offer free shows, right? You know, yeah. someone's going to quote me, going to listen to this and quote me. Last time you said, "Don't take free shows." Ah, huh? how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm I'm just going to say it, lah. You know that it is. I think even promoters will always try to pay something to give yes. a little bit of right. value, token right. amount or whatever, lah. You know, That's true. bro, you have played for me for way below your rate, way, way, yep. way, way, way below yep. your rate, right? But yep. And it's not about friendship. It's not about that. But we, our energies was right, right? Yeah. And that yeah. one or two times it was a damn good show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the energy is right, and mm. you know, I think everybody got the kind of exposure that they wanted, and it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was good, right? So yep. I think that we that there's there's a, there's a there's a line you have to draw, lah. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you should put you should have a certain value to your to your name, lah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Perfect, man. I think man yeah. like this whole conversation yeah. you know is gone on for about an hour you know it's just Oh man I'm so, so sorry. No it's fine. I think it's good because there's just so much to take in and you yeah. know coming from a, a pro you know an expert like yourself you know I think it will be really really beneficial for everybody you know whether you're a new artist or you're a little bit more experienced or even you yeah. you've already been in the industry for so long you know it's just good to be able to find out you know and understand things a little bit better you know of what actually goes on behind the scenes because i know like some artists you know they will get like disappointed you know and they will get like so like i oh, yeah, you know i never want to be associated <clears throat> with this kind of people you know or the event yeah. ever again you know but the thing is yeah. the industry is small you know we we don't want to limit ourselves and just you know rob ourselves of those opportunities yeah. so Yeah. yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I, look, I'm, I'm so happy to be able to talk about this side of the industry, even though we're not doing it right now. But I do, yeah. you know, I, I fervently believe, I'm positive that we will all get back to normality in some, at some point. But, and I'm I sure. hope that you know, whoever is listening, uses this maybe as like some kind of advice or some kind of benchmark as to like how yep. to move forward, lah. You know. Yeah. And I'm thank you so much, Darren, for inviting me. Thank, it's thank a, you, man. It's an honor to thank be you. on your show. Yeah, and <laughs> it's a. It's 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 I you know I I really I really respect your hustle, dude. I have to say Thanks, I man. really really respect your hustle. You're always doing something. I wish I had half the energy as you, but I sudah tua lah, bro. You know. And uh, to everybody, thank you so much for listening as well. You know, it's been an hour. I'm sorry to have chewed your ear off, but like I hope you got something out of this. Yeah.
I'm sure. I'm sure the listeners would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank, thanks so much, Adam. Thank you so much, and um, listeners, <laughs> we will be back here again, really, really soon with another episode of the Rockstars Guide to Surviving in the Malaysian Music Industry, and you will definitely benefit from this. Go on, replay it, replay all the other episodes <laughs> as well, because yeah. there's just so much stuff that you can do and equip yourself to become a true. Rockstar. So thank you guys. Keep we'll see rocking, you in guys. the next keep on episode. All right. Yeah, keep on thank rocking. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Ciao.